broadcasting live from the phx.fm studio in phoenix arizona it's time for valley business radio spotlighting the valley's best businesses and the people who lead them welcome back to the arizona 100 podcast i'm adrian mcintyre with phx.fm joining me in our virtual studio is Abby Fink, publisher of the Arizona 100. Hey, Abby. How you doing? I am well. I am well. Uh, this has been our standard greeting and introduction for a, a while now. Episode 41, here we are. Yeah. And so much in the world has changed. Sometimes I wonder if we ought to greet each other differently. Like, uh, we made it I'm to another episode. <laughs> I'm still standing. <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot is happening. And that's never not been true, but... Um, yeah, How are well, things yeah, for things you? on the on the national stage got a little um, a little challenging, shall we say, since we we last spoke. Um, and of course, over the course of the last week, there's been lots and lots of discussion and and what's been happening at the um, you know at Washington D.C. at the Capitol and and such, and lots of decisions are being made as we speak. But um, you know. Next week on Wednesday, the 20th, we will have an inauguration of uh, President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. And um, regardless of what's going on today um, at the Capitol, that time-honored tradition will take place. I uh, did a little bit of research on inauguration and and just to put together a little blurb about it for our next issue of the 100. And, and um, I... I didn't know these things, but originally it was on held on March 4th. And that was in due in large part to the fact that um, the elected leaders needed time to a count all the ballots because it was all manual, of course, at the time, and then actually travel to the nation's capital, which doesn't at the time happen as quickly as it can now. So they needed those, you know, four or five months to be able to do that. They uh, passed the 20th Amendment, which then moved the date till January 20th. And it's always January 20th um, at about noon Eastern time. Uh, the candidate that has been elected president will place his or her hand on the Bible and will recite just 35 words. The oath of office is only 35 words. And at that point in that minute and a half that it might take to um, recite the oath of office, the transition of power happens from the sitting president to the newly elected president. And um, this was also an interesting fact. Since 1789, there have been uh, 58 scheduled public inaugurations uh, that has been administered by 15 chief justices, one associate justice, and one New York state judge. So kind of some interesting facts. So I will be tuning in on Wednesday the 20th. It'll be about 10 o'clock Arizona time. And um, I'm I'm fascinated by the, the process and how it will occur and how it does occur, not so much about, you know, necessarily what's happening in today's environment, but just the idea that in 35 words, this transition of power happens. It happens at that exact moment um, on that exact day every four years, which is really kind of an amazing thing. So uh, I will be tuning in to see see it happen and, and watch what does. I know there's a lot of discussion about, you know, where it will take place, how it will take place. The, you know, typically there's um, each one of our elected members of Congress have tickets to hand out to their constituents. It's a big, large outdoor event. 
Um, with COVID, of course, there were already plans to limit the number of individuals that would be in attendance. And I suspect there will be and will continue to be discussions about the location of the event and, and the public display that we will see. But um, wherever your political beliefs fall and wherever the, um, you know, the discussions that are occurring at the Capitol over the next several days at noon Eastern time on January 20th, there will be a new president in office. And that's a, a pretty amazing situation, I think, that that happens just like that every four years. Well, what's fascinating to me as a, a an observer of contemporary of events is this real tension between uh, tradition and the way we've done things, although as you rightly point out, not always <laughs> did it happen on the 20th, but it always happened. So a tension between this desire for these institutions and norms, habits, if you will, uh, to continue and increasing uh, expression from many different uh voices, a, a feeling of, of disconnection and, and disenfranchisement from it. And I struggle as somebody who tries to be empathetic, even to people that I vehemently disagree with. I always try to remind myself that everyone's outlook on life seems as real to them as mine does to me. Even if I don't understand how that's possible, I try to <laughs> remind myself that that's, that's what, that's what it is. Um, there's, there's a lot at stake, there just is, and maybe maybe there always has been, and so that thin veneer of normality, maybe that was covering up a lot of things that really need to get addressed. So it's with a with a mix of hope and frustration and disgust and and just so many real human emotions that I that I'm watching these events unfold and you know wanting wanting what's best for everyone which may not be what we all would individually say we want and i don't know it's just i find myself even as i try to express this i'm finding myself at a loss for words because there is a lot that's unprecedented about what's happening the insurrection at the capitol the the what the the the, the fault lines that are playing out within the Republican party, the et cetera, et cetera. There's so many things, right? And we're not going down any of those rabbit holes, but just to watch them leaves me wondering. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, if we can take it back to, you know, the, we are communications professionals. We are, um, we understand the power of the written word and the power of the spoken word. And we know that words matter, right? What we, what we say matters, and it's been really playing out across a lot of things over the last, you know, several years that that words and actions and and the implications of what those mean. And so the, you know, again, wherever you fall, you can debate what and how all of these things occurred and and what side of the aisle is responsible and such. And and we're not gonna, you know, go down there as you said, but it really is a demonstration of the the power of the words and what words can do for for good and for not so good and 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 the responsibility that we all have 
in owning that. And, you know, we, we counsel clients all the time on, you know, issues management, crisis communications, you know, what happens when, what happens if, and how we progress. And, and the, the lessons that we learn on what we do and say today need to inform what happens tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And so, um, we, we are at a time where, where we just, there's access to information in a way that we've never had it before. We've talked a lot about that, the, you know, social media and the power that that has and, and where we get our information and the, and the types of media outlets that are out there that align politically with one side or the other and, and the neutrality of the newsroom and such is all being talked about and, and discussed and, and, you know, as someone who lives in that every single day and understands the power of what that means, I've said it and will continue to say it, there's responsibility in owning that and what you do and what you say matters and will have implications, whether good or bad. And, um, you know, what is transpiring in in the world right now as it relates to, um information exchange and the rights that we have or don't have um, as on certain platforms and such are all going to require us as consumers of that information to take a good hard look of, of how we use it, should we use it and when we use it. And I think there will be implications for um, for those of us that use it on a regular basis to ensure that we are doing everything we can to use it, use these platforms wisely and with responsibility and not again to discuss the the specifics of what the the current situation is, but that's always been our responsibility that, you know, if you are going to engage in conversation, you need to be responsible for you know, the outcome of what that's going to be. And so I think that, you know, it has, they'll, Incidents of recent weeks has just uncovered more of our vulnerabilities and the difficulties and the distinct differences in in thought between groups. And um, will we find center again? I hope so. I think it'll take some time. It, it took it took a long time to get here. It will take some time to get to get back and and. You know, we're going to look to our, certainly look to our elected officials to do that for us. But I think we all have to assume some responsibility within our own bubble to take on, you know, that um, responsibility of hearing other viewpoints, being okay with them being different, um, taking a stand where it's important to do so, and, you know, actively engaging in this, this idea of democracy that, you know, we all believe we should have. Right. And and one of the things we've talked about on this show repeatedly is that whether it's with regard to COVID-19 or to election process and results or any other issue, we're concerned for and speaking to the leaders of communities and organizations and businesses who are trying to navigate these times and make good, presumably good decisions, the best possible decision uh, for themselves, for the people that they lead and the people that they serve. And that's no less a challenge now. In fact, it's even more of a challenge now uh, than ever. And 
you know, especially as some of our norms around civility and the way we address concerns and complaints we may have uh, are being challenged quite violently. Uh, It's important to remind each other that conversation is, is a key ingredient uh, that actually building relationships based on exchange and appreciation for what's the same and what's different still is essential. Um, And, you know, that's, that's what I just keep telling myself. We actually have to talk more, not less, but we need to talk with each other, not at each other in probably a way that. Right. Respectful dialogue and, you know, civil discourse. It's, I, I don't want to have conversations that all align with me. I like debate. I like to discuss. I like to argue a point and have a counterpoint and come to a place of mutual respect for the differences. You know, this, it's, it's important to me to understand what I don't understand. I want to hear a different opinion and I would, and I'm, I'm very comfortable in the, in that kind of discussion. Doesn't buy. In fact, I would prefer that we don't always agree. It certainly makes for much more lively discussions. But the, the, to me, the 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 conclusion of a discussion like that is, I respect you and you respect me, and we may not agree, but we respect each other. And I think we've gotten away from that component of 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 the discussions. Which again, what, how we get back to it is going to take some time. The the. As consumers, right, we have we have a, a voice in, a, and I don't mean a you know spoken word voice, but we have a voice now in a way that we've never had it before. And you're you know we can uh, we can boycott businesses, we can move our business somewhere else. We expect those businesses that we support and that we engage with to um, to align in a way that makes sense in order for us to continue to support them. And, and, you know, that's our right as a, as a consumer. And it's certainly a right as a business to decide, you know, what and how a private business chooses to, um, operate. And we don't have to support them if it doesn't align with what we're doing, but it's their right to do so. And it's our right to, you know, to walk away from it. So, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, rose color glasses, any of what's happening. Cause I do think this is, this is a larger discussion, but I think the, the, we all need to have an understanding of, um, you know, what it means to disagree and how we play that out. And that, um, what we, what we say and what we do have implications and, and those implications can be good or they can be not. And so hopefully, um, you know, we, we get ourselves to a place where we can, you know, be in a, in a civil dialogue and have discourse and disagreement and still respect the other side of that conversation. So, um, you know, we, we talk, we've talked about, you know, resolutions and goals and expectations before, and, you know, maybe that's one of them is just, you know, recognizing our differences and, and coming to a place that, um, is respectful of those differences and, and, you know, we'll see where, where it goes. And I, I don't, you know, I don't have an expectation that magically on inauguration day that happens. I think it's going to take some time, but, um, new dialogue will, will be out in the communities and, and new conversations will happen. And that should be for the good. So we'll, we'll see, you know, Arizona is starting to, 
um, like many uh, states across the country are implementing their um, vaccination plans and we're starting to see more and more people get um, able to get their vaccinations and, and understanding what, you know, that can do for the communities to get us back, um, get our economy recharged, get our kids back in school, get our businesses back. And so again, there's, you know, all of these things are happening and I think all of them have led to um, some of the, the um, unrest that we've seen. And hopefully as we start to, you know, whatever, I, I hate to say the new normal because that's long gone, but as we're getting more, um, more information and more um, ability to take care of our health and get those things in order, I think we'll, you know, we're, we, we can see maybe a little bit of a light at that end of that long tunnel that we've been cruising through here these last eight months or so. Yes, indeed. And as the inauguration happens, more or less like clockwork uh, every four years, there's something else that we can count on uh, with uh, with the regularity of of uh, of the clockwork. And that is that there shall be Girl Scout cookies. That was an incredible uh, segue. In fact, I was going to use basically the same segue. So excellent. Yes, great, it's Girl Scout cookie alike. time. The, the cookies are coming, but they're not coming the same way as they have. Uh, so this is part, uh, uh, you know, tradition and continuity and part disruption and innovation. Yep. What's happening here with Girl Scout well, cookie season? You know, the Girl Scouts are the world's largest girl-led entrepreneurial program, right? The largest sales force is your Girl Scouts in your community. And so uh, they're launching Girl Scout cookie season uh, next week, January 18th, and it will run until the end of February now. Typically, the uniform clad girls would um, come around maybe to your door or they might be standing in front of your local retailer asking you to purchase cookies. Well, clearly with uh, COVID restrictions and social distancing in place, um, they have moved to uh, a much more digital environment and you now can order your cookies online and still benefit your local Girl Scout troop by plugging in your zip code and it will pull up um, a location where you can drive through and pick up your cookies. And, uh, you know, they'll be abiding by social distancing protocols and such, but you will still have the opportunity to support your local Girl Scouts. Now, this is a huge endeavor, um, certainly here in Arizona, but across the country um, as um, our Girl Scouts are are learning about business and, and entrepreneurism, and now they're getting the chance to really run an, uh, you know, a digital online business, if you will. And um, there are some, you know, statistics out there that talk about, you um, uh, you know, the the role that Girl Scouts plays in our community extends beyond the time that you are in the uniform. Um, many of our um, female elected officials have been Girl Scouts. Many of our um, women business leaders have had some time um, in the Girl Scouts and uh, I was a Girl Scout. And um, and a lot of, of business entrepreneurialism and, and, you know, learning how to be a member of a team and such is all kind of ingrained in the Girl Scout process and in certainly in the, in the cookie offering. So there's going to be your favorites, you know, Thin Mints and Tagalongs and Samoas will be out there and, and uh, they've got a gluten-free option for those of you that need that. So start putting some money away in the, and uh, starting next week, you can order up your favorite Girl Scout cookie. And I, for one, am really looking forward to my Thin Mints and my um, 
Samoas. Those are my two favorites. Now, there's an extended story uh, on this topic in the Arizona 100. You've got the full lineup of all the different flavors of cookies. You've got a link to the site where people can find their nearest Girl Scouts troop and uh, connect with them. Uh, and it's it's just great to see the largest leadership and entrepreneurship training program for girls in the world uh, responding with a plum yeah. to this, <laughs> to this yeah. situation. It's great. It's great. And, um, you know, certainly we'll miss seeing them out and about, but um, they, they have a- adjusted and adapted to the current, current world we're in and, and figured out a way to continue the time-honored tradition of Girl Scout season, so cookie season. So looking forward to that. Um, Just a couple other um, interesting stories in this week's issue. As you know, we do uh, focus on uh, business, economic development, tourism, nonprofits, our social services agencies across the state um, in 100 word stories to highlight what's happening. So um, the city of Chandler is launching, it's relaunching actually, it's uh, business relief fund, Um, offering up some financial um, assistance for businesses that are uh, being impacted, continuing to be impacted by COVID-19. So there is a link on the page to determine if you are a City of Chandler business, whether you qualify for that. Um, Pretty decent um, financial support based on the number of employees that you have in your company. The City of Phoenix um, has always been at the forefront of environmental issues and sustainability. So they have launched a water usage calculator to help us know a little bit about how we're using water. And certainly with many of us working from home now, we are probably using our city services a little bit more, right? Our heaters and air conditionings are running. We're running the water a lot more. So it's a good opportunity there to kind of learn what you're spending your, um, you know, how you're using your water and and find opportunities in which to um, save. The city of Phoenix wants to continue its um, role as a leader in conservation and in sustainability. And this is just one of the ways that they are able to do that. a couple other stories of interest. Um, so, you know, we've all, every every organization has been impacted, of course, by by um, COVID-19 and the challenges there. And, and our senior community has probably, you know, been impacted amongst the, the um, many groups, but really has seen a, a change in the way that they do that. But there's an organization called Northwest Valley Connect. And what they do is help provide transportation to seniors to help them get around a little bit. And um, they take you to your doctor or to the grocery store and such. Well, they have an annual fundraising event, which, of course, cannot be done in person this year. So they've converted their their annual event um, to a virtual event. And it's a walk or a run. Um, really, however you want to get out there and move around, you can get out there and move around and support Motors and Heels for uh, Northwest Valley Connects. So we have a little bit of information about that. Um, for those that want to support an organization that's helping our seniors. And then two final stories um, coming out of the University of Arizona, the Eller College of Management is launching a Center for Trust Studies, which I found very interesting. Um, it's really about bringing together diverse populations, students, faculty, um, knowledge experts, and really talking about, um, you know, what is trust and how does trust shape um, decision-making, policy-making in our communities. And so coming out of Tucson, 
um, at the U of A that's um, out of the Eller College of Management. So that's launching here as well. And then here a little closer to the Phoenix area, Chase Building Team wants to share its safety message. So as they are um, working on a project at 4th Avenue in Fillmore and they've got their big cranes up in the air, they have uh, hung up a, a safety message um, all lit up saying, stay healthy, Arizona. So as you're driving through downtown Phoenix, a nod to Chase Building Team and their important health message for, for us Arizona residents that um, need a friendly reminder of the importance of staying safe and healthy and, and practicing good social distancing as we continue to fight the COVID-19 pandemic that's still out and about in our communities. All these stories and more are in the online Arizona 100 publication. It's free to read and free to subscribe. So you can go to thearizona100.com, enter your email address to have each issue delivered directly to your inbox, hot off the presses, as they say. Uh, and of course, here on this podcast, Abby Fink, publisher of the Arizona 100, and I will share some of our thoughts and opinions and wax poetic a little from time to time about issues facing uh, all of us here in the state of Arizona. Abby, it's a pleasure having you. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. For all of us here at phx.fm, I'm Dr. Adrian McIntyre. Please join us next time for another Arizona 100 podcast. Thank you.